Communications disruption can mean only one thing. This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome, everybody, to a very short, special episode of Jam Transmissions. It's just me, episode 113, for a solo episode. I just wanted to come at you guys with um, some of the stuff that's going on with Celebration so far. We got uh, the Andor trailer, got some new announcements of TV shows, two episodes of Kenobi. So let's just get right into it. We'll keep this pretty short. So let's talk about Andor first since that's my dude. Now, for anybody who does, doesn't know me, has never seen me, I've been told, and I say this in the most humble way, that I bear some kind of resemblance to Diego Luna. Now listen, I'll take it. Believe me, I will take it. I don't see it, but I've been told, and it's cool. It's great. Anyway, Andor, get the trailer. August 31st, two episodes dropping, 12 episodes. That's what Tony Gilroy says. And uh, man, am I hyped for this thing. This trailer looks sick. We get to see some way out planets, probably back to Coruscant, maybe some Chandrilla. We get to see probably Andor's homeworld. I think it's called Gaul. Um we get to see these Imperials come in. There's all kinds of cool... I mean, the whole spy aspect of this thing, Mon Mothma looking great. We're back to the Senate. Um, that whole drumming thing at the beginning, I mean, is this kind of like sounding the alarm. You know, that's, uh, there's just some crazy stuff happening. And I can't wait to see... You know, this seems like the kind of show that might have more space battles in it. And, you know, maybe the first season is more, you know, it's a smaller thing since it's kind of setting up who Andor is, what his family was like, what his homeworld was like, things like that. I really love the idea that this thing is going to be an immigrant story, kind of a refugee story. At least that's what Diego Luna said in that Vanity Fair article uh, last week. And, you know, when we talk about perspectives and uh, people's personal experiences and how they go into shaping these things and the fact that Diego was maybe working with Tony Gilroy and the other writers to try to frame the story, you know, it just seems kind of like the right way to go to have that kind of perspective where we see somebody displaced and how they cope and the fact that they don't want to act. Maybe they've been, you know, beaten down by a system and they don't know what it is they can do until, you know, they're really, really backed into a corner and uh, then they have to act. So, you know, that's, that's all very intriguing. Um, just, you know, the look of the show looked very cinematic. And again, 12 episodes first season, 12 episodes second season, maybe. And if these are 40, 45 minute episodes, I mean, you're looking at 18 hours of Cassie and Andor, possibly. So that's a lot of story to get into for a single character. And, you know, to hear Tony Gilroy say that they had something like 200 and something speaking parts, 70 some odd important speaking parts um you know there's a chance for a lot of different you know i don't want to say cameos but you know different characters coming in giving 
perspectives, especially in season two, if they're filming both of these somewhat concurrently that, um, you know, maybe we get to see some familiar places we haven't really seen before and what the lives of separatists is really like back in the day before things really start getting heated with, you know, the clone wars and, um, you know, once the empire starts really expanding into some other parts of the galaxy, but Andor's got me hyped and, you know, not really being at celebration this year, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer, especially considering that they decided not to throw the first panel live streams up for us. Um, which, I mean, it even kind of sucks more for the people that are there, but can't be in the room because what are you huddling around phones and stuff and you can't really see things. And it's, I, I it seems like a little bit of a bummer seem, since they had done all this stuff before. So anyway, Andor has got me really fired up. That's my dude. You know, Rogue One is my jam. Um, and again, that kind of little resemblance thing, whatever makes it get that much, that much cooler for me, I suppose. Um, but let's move on. Some other announcements. We got a new show. The uh, Grammar Rodeo thing uh, has a title now. It's called Skeleton Crew, starring Jude Law out of nowhere. Decided he said, you know what? What the hell? I'm going to do some Star Wars. Give me a couple kids. Let's do some Let's do some stuff. And, um, you know, Grammar Rodeo, com- Grammar Rodeo comes from that Simpsons episode. A bunch of kids out on the loose. So it seems like some kids are in- lost or in danger or something. Maybe Jude Law is the adult who's either trying to help them get to where they need to be. Who knows? And it's supposed to be set post Return of the Jedi. Kind of in the Mandoverse uh, timeline. It's cool. I'm excited for Jude Law to be in this thing. Um, and who knows? I mean, kid actors can be kind of hit or miss, you know, depending on who's kind of running this thing. And to see that John Watts and Chris Ford are behind this thing. Um, I, you know, if, if this is the reason why John Watts turned down the Fantastic Four, we'll take them. You know, to have somebody who who put those Spider-Man movies together uh, with the quality and the care that he did with those with Peter Parker and those characters, and to really give a lot of heart to this this Spider-Man trilogy, I'm, I'm all for it. And um, we'll see, you know, some some new era or some new parts of the galaxy, maybe with these kids uh, going off on their adventures. So that's pretty cool. Today we had a show announced called. Uh, what was it? Just something Jedi adventures. It's a high Republic show with a bunch of kids. And, um, yeah, it sounds cool too. It's going to be on Disney plus and on uh, Disney XD. I'm sure, you know, my son's going to get into that. seems like a lot of fun. Um, you know, there was a Mandalorian season three, season three teaser that they dropped yesterday that none of us got to see unless you, uh, went to the interwebs and, uh, you could find it. Um, but he got pulled down from everywhere. I did see it before it did. I actually tried to download and I had it, but the video was corrupted. But you see Bo-Katan on a throne looking pretty, uh, I don't know, a little forlorn. And, you know, Mando comes in with uh, with Grogu. And uh, we find out he's going to Mandalore. He's got, he feels like he's got to atone for taking his helmet off and stuff. And if they're kind of like this reluctant pair going to Mandalore to go into the caves or whatever, these cleansing waters, whatever it is. It's reminding me, I'm reading the Revan novel right now. It's kind of reminding me of, you know, in this book, Revan and uh, Candorus Ordo, I believe is his name, the Mandalorian in the Old Republic are going to this other planet. Uh, the name I can't, Rekiad, I think it's called. And they're looking for the mask of Mandalore the Great. So it's kind of reminded me of that. Not to say that, you know, Mando's looking for this thing. It's not, but it just kind of reminds me of this, um, 
you know, this unlikely kind of pair, you know, not really enemies, but actually, you know, enemies become friends kind of thing, you know, off on this quest. So like with Bo-Katan and Mandalore, if they're somehow involved in whatever his quest is to go to Mandalore and, you know, see what it's like after the purge and the night of a thousand tears and all of that. Um, but I was looked like some, there was some death watch in there. There was, um, just some space battle looking stuff was going on. Some cool new ships. Um, Grief Karga looking dope. He's got this new red outfit. He's the magistrate. We got a new black series figure that's coming out for him. It was announced today. Um, a whole slew of black series figures are coming out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it looks solid. They say, uh, I think it was February, 2023. So we got until next year for that next year is going to be hype with star Wars stuff. There's going to be so much content like this year. We thought we got a lot we thought last year we had a lot, even like during COVID and stuff. Next year is going to be fire, man. I'm telling you. Um, we had a little tease from Ahsoka. Didn't really have much to say except that it's filming. And we've got um, uh, Kenobi. Kenobi dropped. But, you know, I don't, let me say this one last thing about the uh, the Lucasfilm panels. That there was no movie talk besides Indy and, well, Indy. I mean, we got to look at Willow, but that's Disney Plus, I think. Um, so no movie talk. Uh, it was nice to hear Kathleen Kennedy in an interview with, I think, Total Film say that the whole thing with recasting that was brought up uh, last week with Alden uh, Ehrenreich from Solo, that she says, no, no, we're not against it, but we just want to tread lightly when it comes to the legacy characters. So, you know, I didn't really like what she said with Alden. I don't know if she really meant it to be that way, but, you know, as fans, we kind of, we read into stuff like that. So Alden was not the problem. Hashtag make solo two happen. I'm, I'm down for that. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's get into Kenobi for a second. We'll try to make this brief. But we got the first two episodes. There was a lucky couple thousand. I got to see it last night early at Celebration. Looked pretty pretty hype, you know, seeing uh, all the pictures from everybody living vicariously through all the friends. And um, so I got to see the episodes today. And, man, I got to tell you, Deborah Chow and this uh, Joby Harold, this the, this writing crew, put something together that was really special. I was really worried about it. I'm going to get into spoilers guys. If you haven't watched it, I really hope you have. I'm sure you have. Um, but seeing how Obi-Wan is living, he's working in kind of like, he's like a fishmonger, uh, working in like a meat plant almost got like, uh, you know, the, the every man, you know, working man vibes. And, um, the look of the show is fantastic. I, I think what they're doing with the stagecraft, with the volume right now, it's like every new show, it's just gotten better and better. And um, it's seamless, you know, seeing how they're using these sets in in the volume. It, it, it's amazing. You know, it's great to have you and back and, you know, like the whole press tour that they've been doing and stuff. It's been it's been great uh, seeing Moses Ingram come in. This Reva character is no joke. And, you know, I didn't know what she was going to be like, you know, for her, for Moses in, in these interviews to say things that she's ruthless or, you know, whatever word she was using to describe her. Um, not to say that I wasn't taking any stock in it, but I didn't think it was going to be to this level um, to see, you know, she's called impulsive. She's, you know, she's, uh, she's very rash in her decision-making. Like she's trying to make a name for herself um, within the inquisitorious and, seeing where where obi-wan is a kind of against that where she's very forward thinking in her power set obi-wan's very subdued and he can't show any of his abilities and you know everything's kind of off and hidden away and stuff and um getting into the kind of the meat of the show now we see a little young leia 
uh, this 10 year old Leia with Brea and, and Bail Organa on Alderaan, which was a bit of a shocker to see Alderaan and it looks great. Um, you know, we got a little glimpse, I think it was Revenge of the Sith, but nothing like this at Alderaan is beautiful. Um, and to see Brea and I just, I kept thinking like the fact that she has, um, she doesn't have like a human heart. You know, I kept on thinking about, you know, what it is about what that makes Brea special. It's like, obviously she's a great mother to, 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 just to see a mother in this, in this thing, uh, have moments with Leia and the family dynamic. It's so sweet. It's so pure. Um, but I kept thinking about some of the things that EK Johnson had written in Queens Hope. If you haven't read it, please do. It's, it's so good. Um, but knowing what Brea had sacrificed and how, you know, Bale came into her life and then how Leia came into her life and, her legacy and Bale's too lived on through Leia, but to see Leia as this little girl, uh, the actress's name is escaping me right now, but she's great. She's perfect. She's this sassy little precocious, smart as a whip in your face, not afraid to tell you what she thinks little girl. And it's, it's shades of the, of Carrie Fisher. Um, this show was so perfectly like this was this was the time to do this, and it paid so much like, care to um, Claudia Gray's um, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, uh, to see you know Leia like in the Junior Senate at that point and stopping. Um, yeah, this story, you know, to see you know Flea come in and do you know his damage as uh, I think his name is Vect as a bounty hunter or whatever. I think it was like a, the first Faelene character was was with them. Um, we've seen in live action and. It was just really cool, like the, just the way the show was working, the the um, the Owen and Obi Wan dynamic. This uh, Jedi character Nari, who comes to Obi Wan for help, um, and Obi Wan is like, "Hey man, you got to go. You're gonna you're gonna get us both caught. You gotta you go hide, go live your life somewhere quietly, bury your lightsaber, and just forget about your old life." And apparently that doesn't happen because he gets caught, and um, he gets strung up by the Inquisitors, and the Inquisitors are challenging the town. And if you haven't seen it, um, if you follow, you know, some of the YouTubers and podcasters in the Star Wars world, um, Steel Saunders himself, Steel Wars, was an extra in that scene. Um, he's uh, he's already got stickers made up. He's uh, Ajax Citizen, uh, which I which was great. You know, sent him a DM this morning, like, "Yo, man, it was, it was hot." Um, so good for you, Steel Man, living the dream. Um, got, got to be in a Star Wars, and uh, that's it's awesome. I'm so happy for him. Um, but some of the other stuff, just like the second episode, seeing what what Dayu was like, the 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 seediness of that whole, you know, it's like there's no law there. Like everybody's a bounty hunter. It's like that scene in The Mandalorian where, you know, Grief Karga tells Mando like, you know, they, they all hate you. Um, seeing when Reva puts the call out to for all the bounty hunters or everybody there to start tracking down Obi-Wan and like all their wrists light up with his face on it and stuff. It's like, oh man. And, um, cool little Easter egg in the show, the little boy and, uh, his mom that, uh, Haja, uh, Kumail Nanjiani's character helps get off the planet. He's, he's a con man. He says he's a Jedi, but he's not. Um, that little boy's name is Corin, and he's off to Corellia. Um, and, for Legends fans, uh, there was uh, a Corrin Horn who was born in 18 BBY. And 
His legend story is that he was raised on Corellia. Um, and we come to find him later on in legends through, uh, you know, a series of books with the, like, I think it's like the new Jedi order books and, um, and he's force sensitive. So is this the canonization of Corrin Horn as a little boy? We say, who knows? Or it's just a little Easter egg, but keep your eyes on this kid. Who's to say that his name doesn't pop up a little bit later on. I thought that was a nice little thing that they threw in there. And I don't think his name is said in the show, but his name is in the credits. Um, so yeah, and you know, there's lots of little Easter eggs in the show. Love that little Jawa Tika that's hanging out with Obi-Wan, stealing his stuff and reselling it to him. Um, and the stinger at the end of the second episode with Riva and the Grand Inquisitor kind of facing off a little bit about, you know, who's going to get Obi-Wan and, you know, Inquisitor's like, I'm just here to make sure you don't mess it up. And Riva's like, check me, I won't. And then stabs him with her lightsaber through the gut. Whew. And then they get away. <laughs> Can't really put it any other way. You know, Obi-Wan and, and Leia, they get away. They go to, uh, Haja gives them coordinates to go to some other planet called, um, I think it's called Makupo, I think was it called, or Mukapo, something like that. I forget. Um, but we'll see what uh, episode three is like. But Because at the end of this thing, this is when Obi-Wan finds out that Anakin is still alive. And he... She calls, she says Vader, she knows what's, she knows the deal. And she reveals that to Obi-Wan. And in that moment, you could just kind of see like his heart sinks a little bit. Like, oh man, like I let him down and now he's turned into this other thing. And now they're after me. And, you know, to hear Deborah Chow talk about this is basically a love story between Obi-Wan and Anakin and what they were like the brotherhood, the bond that they had formed. And now that their rift is so wide and uh, having just finished brotherhood um, a couple weeks ago, it's hard. It's hard to see uh, Obi-Wan, you know, feel all of that again. And then to see the very end of uh, Hayden, you know, Anakin in the Bacta tank, all white skin, kind of a little bit like we saw him in Rogue One. And just the breathing with the, the mask on while he's, you know, in the Bacta tank and cut to black and you just hear the breathing. It's like, oh, whew. And the music, let's talk about John Williams makes this the Obi-Wan theme. It's great. It's amazing. But Natalie Holt, the music that she's done for this these first two episodes, is seamless. It's so good. I, you know, I, what um, the music that was done for, for The Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett are like they're Star Wars, but they're different. Um, to hear the influence of John Williams all over this show, where it's kind of like, you know, if the prequels are, you know, number one in the outline of Star Wars, this is like one A. You know, this is uh, Revenge of the Sith Part Two because uh, it feels very much connected to that. You know, that first story, uh, that that first set of stories with uh, with Anakin and Obi Wan. I think it's great. It looks great. Sounds great. I love that we didn't see Obi-Wan's lightsaber yet. Um, there's so much happening in this show. Um, again, so many cool little Easter eggs. It's so much. I mean, I'm not really going to get into some of the other ones that I'm because I'm sure I missed a bunch too. Um, but yeah, man, it's um, it's been great to get new content again and be hyped for Star Wars again. You guys know me if you've been listening that 
I'm always in the books. I'm always in the comics. I'm always, you know, going back and trying to pick up some legends thing and just, you know, it's a constant for me, you know, just kind of getting into this stuff and to have new stuff like this, um, especially with Kenobi right now coming out for the next, you know, three weeks, four weeks. Um, and then pretty, you know, shortly thereafter we'll get Andor, and then Mando season three, Bad Batch season two, which, you know, my, not the, the hottest thing for me is Bad Batch, but you know, I'm still going to watch it. Um, all the new book announcements. We got all the High Republic Phase Two books that were announced um, yesterday at the panel at the celebration. Um, friends that are at celebration, I'm super jealous. I'm just saying. Um, I'm glad you guys are all having a good time, and uh, I'm sad I couldn't be there. I'm, you know, it would would have been great to have my, you know, myself, and my family there to experience all of that stuff. But I think uh, I'm going to cut it there, guys. Uh, again, just a quick solo episode. We'll call this 113. And, um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say except for, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're new to the show, welcome. My name is Rick Villanueva. You can find me on Twitter at Cad Baines Bounty. You can find the show at JT Comlink. Send me an email. Maybe we'll talk about some things on the show. It's, um, Comlink, C-O-M-L-I-N-K at jamtransmissions.com. Uh, guys, I'm kind of learning the technical stuff of how to do podcasts since Pete did a lot of that stuff before. Pete, we miss you. We love you. Um, so be patient with me. I'm not keeping a regular schedule for the show. I'm not doing gonks on the show no more. Gonky's been retired as far as the show is concerned. So beware of language uh, coming forward. But um, I want to leave you guys with that. And uh, I will see you all soon. May that force be with you.